In a world where chronic DVD and Blu-ray acquisition disorder runs amok, Colin faces a daunting task. With a collection of over 1,200 titles, can he bring himself to watch the 65 films that sit on his shelves, unwatched, unloved, and still under wraps? Hello and uh, welcome, good listener. Our single one listener who is still sticking with this show. Welcome to Still Under Wraps. My name is Colin and with me as always is my headache-ridden, pain-inflicted compadre, film watcher, son, Thomas. Uh, Hi, hello. (laughs) Have I told our listeners enough how much you're suffering for your art at this time? Look, I went on a walk and, and it was just long enough to be a mistake. Little Shorten would have been fine, but it wasn't. And that was my fault. I walked further. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Where did you walk? I walked to just past Blundstone. Oh, as in, right, sorry. Yes. Uh, As opposed to the factory out in Glenorchy. No. That's no longer a factory. Why would I do that? Right, okay. Well, I walked to Julston Bay and not all the way back, though. Right. So, yeah, might be touch and go. Mm. All these places that we're mentioning, you can look up on Google to find the locations that we walked from, from Mornington, Tasmania, not Mornington, Victoria, just to... No, go from Mornington, Victoria. Yes. The swim is the kicker. Yes. Um, oh, well, you, you swam? I took spirit. Uh, that's the spirit. Speaking of spirits, we've... Uh, Dosed Thomas up with 19th century medicine to mm. ensure that uh, he's in the mood for the movie tonight. We've put poultices on the back of his neck and mm. cold compresses and warm compresses and yep. and filled him up with all manner of spirits <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so that we can watch a movie. Now, just so that you're aware, and I'm going to go through this again, the reason we're watching this movie is that it is a movie that's set on our somewhat large collection of DVDs, but is still wrapped up in its cellophane. Not only that is the fact that I have never seen this film, and that's the hook to this whole podcast mm. The films that we watch are in our collection of DVDs, but they're unwatched, unloved, and still under wraps. Yes, that's the tagline. That is the tagline. So say it with me. Uh, Unwatched, unwatched, unloved, unloved, and and still still under wraps. And we're going to make this podcast particularly long because it's a long movie we're in for tonight that we have not watched, uh, that is unwatched, unloved, and still under wraps. Oh, no, you've said it three times. You've summoned more DVDs. I've summoned the DVDs. (laughs) Right. Okay. So, tonight's episode is going to be us watching... Lincoln. The film about Murray... Lincoln, the famous baseballer who played for the Red Sox. That is the joke that you made. It is indeed. And wasn't it a joke worth the repeating? No. Okay. (laughs) No, it is not the film about Murray Lincoln, the famous Red Sox baseball player. It is, in fact, Lincoln, old Abe, honest Abe. Mm. Ah, yes. And a nice self-congratulatory blurb here. Excellent. Full of mentions of Academy Awards? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. 
Mentions of Steven Spielberg. Yep. Good. I'll let you read that for us. Uh, From legendary director Steven Spielberg comes this acclaimed, exhilarating historical drama. Daniel Day-Lewis gives a memorable, Oscar-winning performance as the profoundly influential American president Abraham Lincoln. During his final turbulent months in office, Lincoln strives to convince war-ravaged America's bitterly divided government to abolish slavery. With fierce, unstoppable courage, Lincoln inspires a decision that will change history forever. Also starring Sally Field and Tom Lee Jones in Oscar-nominated roles, Lincoln is a thrilling, award-winning film you will never forget. Wow. The bingometer went off crazy with that. Yeah. A new feature of the podcast that will die a quick death, one hopes. Mm, We shall see. Well, the blurbs usually aren't that self-congratulatory. No, but as soon as Oscars are mentioned, they usually sort of try and squeeze it. It mm. probably even has a sticker on the front mentioning Oscars as well. Mm. Yes, two of them. Wow. All right, so that's what we're in for. How long does this movie run for? It runs for 144 minutes in colour. Right, and in black and white, how long does it run for? It doesn't. We might watch the black and white version <laughs> then. Hooray! So let's talk about what we just watched. Okay, I I found Daniel Day-Lewis's performance in black and white somewhat disappointing. (laughs) Yes, it was lacking. And on that note, on that bombshell, um, let's actually slip in the colour version of the DVD. Thomas, would you do the honours of unwrapping this film that has sat on the shelf for a fairly long time? But I think I've put it off mainly because it's such a long movie. And although Mm. it did receive an Oscar award, it also seems to have earned a reputation for itself for being a long movie. Oh dear. Yes. And plenty of beards. Mm. Yes. And if you could just see us now sitting on our couch, the amount of beard that's happening here is just uh, being doubled by the fact that Daniel Day-Lewis's uh, hirsute face. Is that the word? Okay, Google, define hirsute. Here's the definition of hirsute. Literary, humorous, hairy. Hairy. There we go. Okay. Am I in? Have I worked out this I have enigma? secretly wrapped this DVD three times in clear Kevlar coating, heat sealed. Okay, he's in. So last week, didn't I give the top tip look for the seams? Well, I found the seams, and it's still difficult. Yes. Okay, so he's going to open the case. Another tagline on this uh, show. The case is open. Mm-hmm. And we're going to pop this DVD <laughs> into the player and watch the film, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye.
Right. I have sometimes wondered whether... I'll I'll clarify and then make my ponderings first. Mm -hmm. We basically start recording this as soon as the film is over. Sometimes we get through all the credits, sometimes we don't. Tonight we haven't because it's run so long. But we go straight into uh, this recording without expressing anything to one another as to what our thoughts Mm. were. There have certainly been occasions where we have sensed what the opinions are Mm. going to be. I'm absolutely clueless as to what you're going to uh, to think of it. So should I, and I usually throw it to you first, which is possibly cruel and nasty. Mm. So do you want to flip the coin this time? And Sure, you, you go ahead. Okay. The acting was absolutely brilliant, but I found it a bit of a muddling mess. Okay. So I found the film surprisingly compelling. We went into this thinking about the runtime, and I don't think that the runtime was much of an issue. It, it, it went along at the pace that it needed to in order to hold me for that runtime. Right. Okay. I don't know whether it was my frame of mind or what have you, but I did find myself distracted on occasions, the scenes that, that seem to run too long or... And I guess it comes down to the fact that we're still condensing a lot of mm. time into this film, which you're, you're right. It wasn't overly long, but I, as I said, I did find myself sometimes my mind wandering and not to anything else um, in particular... You know, it wasn't as if I felt distracted, but I just felt that it wasn't quite as tight and as organised as maybe I was expecting from Steven Spielberg, Mm. perhaps. There were times where I felt it was almost stage play-like. You know, set construction was almost stage play-like. It felt very contained within its sets, Mm. If that makes sense. Um, as if you knew you were in a set. Every single spot that you were, where it was filmed, e- even in the outdoors, it felt so tight that you could feel film crews behind you, almost. Well, that's, that's personally how I felt. Mm. Yeah, it f- just felt constricted in, in the way that it was shot in the way that the sets were dressed and points where it just felt like a thin veneer was containing it, but it was st- still containing it nonetheless. You know, that the, a door didn't necessarily open to the next room. It just didn't open. Mm. Uh, does that make any sense at all? I think it does make a bit of sense, yes. I think we've arrived at the surprising, I won't say conclusion, I think one or both of us still has something to say about this, but I think I enjoyed this film more than you did, possibly. I don't know. No, I I did enjoy it. Look, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis's performance was absolutely impeccable, and yet it also felt like... I'm being very careful here, even more careful than I have been in the, the numerous war movies that we've managed mm. to to cover so far 
I'm being very careful to not overstretch my understanding of what was mm. going on uh, and I certainly learned a lot and gained a deeper understanding of um, the American Civil War and mm. the overlapping of tensions and, and so I certainly know that we have an American audience out there mm. and I don't even propose to suggest that I have any idea about any deep understanding of the whole background surroundings other than having watched the famous miniseries the civil war by burns it was his ken. last name sorry ken burns ken burns thank you i watched that when it first came out many many years ago and was just absolutely enthralled but even after that still don't have a full understanding because i don't live in that world mm. but it's it still comes down to the fact that War is senseless, mm. and all it really results in, in all cases that I'm aware of, is senseless waste of human life. Mm. My understanding is that they were fighting for something right and good, and, and yet there was more to it than that. Mm. The, the reason that the war was prolonged was deeper than just... I don't know what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> I find it interesting that we really only see two scenes of war actually happening. Yep. Right at the start, very first scene. Yep. It's brutal, it's muddy, it's just people kicking and punching each other. It's not graceful, it's not elegant in any way, and that's war. And the other part of it that we saw was some burning buildings after what I assume was the aforementioned shelling. Spoilers for historical events. (laughs) Yes, here are the spoilers for historical events. This is a spoiler break, so if you don't want spoilers, then leave before this sound. Yes, and again, I think that was a very conscious decision to keep us separate from the obviousness uh, of, of mm. what was going on then. It was in the midst of the Civil War, and perhaps, again, this is our limited understanding, you know, having not grown up in American history classes mm. and what have you. I suspect this was revealing more of stuff that isn't necessarily covered very thoroughly. Mm. Daniel Day-Lewis's performance was absolutely brilliant, but it did feel like just a constant stream of, oh, I must use that quote. We Mm. must use that quote. And, ah, this is a great anecdote. Mm -hmm. Let's use that. Which certainly built him as a a complex character, Mm. but it still felt like, here's yet another quote. And Mm. yet another quote. And it's not a documentary, Um, We established that last week. Maybe it was a very conscious decision to try and cram in as many things that he did actually say, but it it just did very much feel to me like someone had gone through with a highlighter through uh, the the book that it was based on Mm -hmm. and said, right, we must use that quote, we must use that quote. Is that valid? Yeah, that does sound like a valid criticism. But it was... I don't even know whether it was a criticism because every single one of them was wonderful. Mm. Uh, and again, I'm assuming that most of them were things that he said and and you could f- almost feel where it cut into this is an actual quote. 
seeing. Mm. I could be entirely wrong. Again, I don't have any vast knowledge of his history or his words or his writings. It was certainly an eye-opener to me as far as the complexity of his relationship with his wife, how much of that was fictionalised or based on. Um, I, I can't imagine a lot of the conversations between them being recorded mm. anywhere. And yet he does appear to have been fairly conscientious in his journal writing, perhaps. Mm. I, I don't know. Performances all round were brilliant. Yes. Uh, except perhaps for the times where he did slip into almost slapstick mm. comedy, yes. which was there for relief and it did mm. give me relief, but it was sort of also jolting um, it in was place. A bit, yes. I enjoyed that slapstick, but I do think it did bring the film down just a bit. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about it? I'm talking a lot. Mm, um. No, I think I'm all out. You're all out? Mm. Okay, I could possibly watch that one more time. Yeah. Sometime in the future. It captured me enough to possibly want to see it again. There were certain bits where I wanted to revisit. So it'll certainly stay on the shelf Mm. to allow that to happen again. It's that conflict between scenes that felt like quote after quote, and yet some of those quotes I really want to track down again. That interesting conversation in the telegraph room with Kylo Ren. Mm. Yes, indeed. um, Where they were talking about whether those two young telegraph operators felt like they were born into this time or belonged in this time. I don't know whether you remember that scene. I remember it, where yes. Is, yeah. yeah. I guess that impacted me in that sometimes I've felt out of time. You know, even though I love my technology and things like that, I sometimes feel this wasn't the time that I was sort of meant to be born into. I don't know whether that makes any sense or not, but uh, I'm sure all our listener will will <laughs> comment and tell me that yes that that makes absolute sense or i'm talking rubbish mm. hmm so yes staying on the shelf which is a, another attribute of this show the aim Indeed. is to determine whether the film stays on the shelf or not and for the moment it is staying there all right so moving on what's on the shelf you know it's probably dvds so this segment we Open up to our listeners there. I use plural because obviously, according to our list, we have more than one listener. Mm. We actually had a huge increase in input to our list of guesses as to what's on the shelf this week. Indeed. And we thank you for that. Some interesting contributions too, some surprises Indeed. and people really taking on the, the concept and idea of hoping to get Big points mm. with risky guesses. So let's pass it over to yep. Thomas okay. now, who will pick a suggestion at random. Adam suggests Mad Max Fury Road. Have, have you seen it? I think Mad Max Fury Road is actually a 
safe bet there mm. that has gone hideously wrong. Oh, absolutely hideously it's wrong. It's gone hideously wrong. Mad Max Fury Road, I have not seen. I haven't seen it either. It's not on the shelf and it's not in Blu-ray. No. I have a bit of an aversion and a bit of a sad and sorry history, which I will not share on the podcast towards Mm. Mad Max and its sequels and its rebooting. And so, no, I have not seen and I can hear you all screaming out there, all you fans that uh, know, I have not seen it and I don't know whether I ever will. Mm. It's almost fallen into the category, and here you can strike another one off the list. I have not watched any of the Crocodile Dundee movies. Mm. And many will find that surprising here in Australia because it seems to be shown every second Tuesday on one of the commercial stations. Mm. And it's come to a point where I pride myself in the fact that, oh, it's on again, another chance not to watch it. Mm. Um, I don't think it quite goes that far with Mad Max, but I can even hear my media studies teacher from year 11 and 12 screaming at me. But no, I have not seen Mad Max Fury Road. Neither has Thomas. No. And it's not on the shelf and is unlikely ever to be. So, full points of zero to, Mm -hmm. uh, to Adam. But thank you, Adam. I think you are aiming for potentially... Uh, a reasonable score there, mm. not a an out there obscure ones. There's certainly some obscure ones on the list mm-hmm. now, and we'll have to wait and see where they go. Indeed. But let's move on to our final segment. Shake the phone and pick a film, and then we'll watch the film next week. So I'm handing the phone over to Thomas. The uh, magical phone that uh, once you give a shake it'll come up with the name of a film that has that is on the shelf but is unwatched unloved and still under wraps and thomas is looking quite keenly at the phone now he knows what it is i don't he's about to announce what it is yes i will once you stop talking um i'm really curious to know because i'm trying to read his face right now trying to determine whether it's one that i'm looking forward to or not he's Keen to share that with us. Really keen. What is it, Thomas? Do tell. Please tell us what it is. Go on. (laughs) The 2010 film Oranges and Sunshine. This one was very much bought on a whim. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the plot sounded interesting but sad, which is why it's still uh-huh. on the shelf, unwatched, unloved, and still under wraps. There we've mentioned the name of the podcast yet again. Mm-hmm. But Thomas, would you please read what blurb it may have on there? Margaret Humphreys, played by Emily Watson, is an ordinary social worker from Nottingham who uncovers one of the most significant social scandals of recent times the organised deportation of children from the UK to Australia. Starring Hugo Weaving and David Wenham, Oranges and Sunshine is the story of one woman's determination and perseverance to reunite thousands of families, bring authorities to account, and ultimately draw worldwide attention to a shocking miscarriage of justice. 
There are so many typos in the description here. Yes. Well, someone would have hand-typed that Mm. in. This particular app uses contributions from the software users themselves, Mm. and they're required to type in off the back of the DVD that they have. Mm. I cheat a little by scanning and using OCR Mm. stuff on the times that I've done it, and then double-checking. But I've still things have slipped through. We shall find out next week whether those typos are actually on the back of the disc. I doubt it somehow. Mm. So that's what we're in for. I suspect yep. we're in for the opportunity for me to say that was brutal, mm. grueling. Yes. Hence it's not been, I'm not going to say it this time, hence I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Or unwrapped the case. Indeed. Or opened it. Indeed. One of those films that I'd, I'd heard bits about and seen on the shelf at work when I was working in a place that had large amounts of DVDs in front of mm. me. And it was on special and I grabbed it. Mm-hmm. Anywho, let's wrap things up. And uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for your contributions. If you're wanting to contribute to and hopefully not get quite so low a score as Adam did this episode. Sorry, Adam. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Thomas, yet again for joining me tonight. I hope your headache has improved. It has. Good. It must have been all the tobacco smoke in that movie. Oh, yes. So much tobacco smoke. Lots and lots of tobacco smoke. I'm glad that it's improved. Thank you again for joining me. And thank you, audience, for joining us. I hope you can join us next week when we're watching Oranges and Sunshine. Mm -hmm. We'll catch you then. Bye. The 2010 film Oranges and Sunshine. Sunshine. Oranges and Sunshine. And Sunshine. Mm. This one was very much bought on a whim.